Shalom everyone. Iran has now test launched a ballistic missile that will reach Jerusalem and all of Israel. They've also built a new bunker that they claim is beyond the reach of U.S. bunker busters for their nuclear program. In Russia, they have now moved their tactical nukes toward the Polish border. And in Ukraine, the United States has now approved the delivery of and the use of F-16s by Ukraine against Russia. And finally, to top it all off, the U.S. and Israel are now directly threatening Iran with military action. Messianic World Update begins now. Shalom everyone, I'm Monty Judah with Lion of Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is May 26th of the year 2023. In the news this week, Iran has now successfully test-launched a new ICBM missile that has the capability to reach all the way to Israel in a single flight. What's most significant about that is that that kind of weapon platform, that kind of missile, is what is really necessary for Iran's nuclear weapon program. You have to have a bomb and then you have to have a delivery system. This new missile gives Iran a delivery system to be able to threaten Israel directly with it. Just so that there's no question about what Iran's intentions is with this missile, when they did the test launch, they built a model of the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is the Muslim mosque that's on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. They built a model of it, and it was sitting right beside the missile launch. So they're sending the signal, this is a missile designed to go to Israel. Pretty open, pretty bold-faced way of doing a test launch, and they made a big deal about that's what this missile is all about. As a result, you can understand the recent activity between the U.S. and Israel talking about convening and talking about the threat of Iran. There are meetings taking place this next week with regard to that, and we've been having recent meetings. In fact, if you recall, I shared with you last week that the U.S. has offered a new initiative to Israel to get even more involved militarily with Israel in dealing with the threat of Iran. Even Israel is taken back by that offer from the U.S. I think they're concerned about how much control they would have over dealing with their defense versus what the U.S. would do. But this is a rather interesting offer on the part of the U.S. DOD to offer to assist Israel in dealing with Iran. And I think the reason why the offers come forward is because the Iranian weapon program of not only having nuclear weapons and a delivery system has changed the stakes in dealing with the threat of Iran. Iran also has announced the building of a new bunker, that underground bunker that they claim is beyond the reach of U.S. bunker busters. In fact, they're boldly announcing that this is built into a mountain that is more than 350 feet deep into it. Apparently, U.S. bunker busters, the best they have, can only reach 200 feet into the earth. They're building a bunker that's still another 150 or so feet beyond that. However, having made that announcement, Israel was very quick to respond and announced the chief of IDF 
announced that we can reach out and touch anything we want. And Netanyahu echoed the same response on the subject of the new bunker by saying that Israel's weapons are far and exceeding beyond what Iran thinks they have. So that was the counter that came back with regard to that news. In Turkey this week, they announced that they broke up a Mossad, Israeli Mossad intelligence ring involving some 15 Israeli intelligence agents. 11 of them have been arrested. But it's kind of interesting because they, when they announced that they had captured them and arrested these, they said this ring was specifically working on dealing with the Iranian threat. This was not intelligence against Turkey, it was against Iran, yet the Turkish government arrested them and took 11 of them into custody. More news on that later on. In the Russia-Ukraine war, F-16s have been approved for Ukraine by the United States. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to happen. They're claiming that instead of the one-year program to train Ukrainian pilots, that they've now shortened the training program down to three to four months. We'll see how that works, but Ukraine would definitely like to have the threat of F-16s against the Russians in that campaign. And the Russians, of course, were very opposed to this decision on the part of the U.S. Russia, I think, as a response to that, has now moved their tactical mobile nuclear weapons out of Russia, now into Belarus, up against the border of Poland. By doing so, they have shortened the flight time to attack targets in Europe considerably. And that's a very threatening move on the part of the Russians toward Europe. You have heard about the Russian offensive that's been going on all this winter. The community called Bakhmut, which is in Ukraine, has no real strategic benefit for either country, but the Wagner Group, which is a mercenary element of the Russian army, they have done the advance, supported by other Russian troops. They went in and captured that. Everybody thought, okay, Russia is really doing its thing. It's going to be successful again. Apparently, their whole campaign has stalled. Now, in the spring offensive, Ukraine is now counterattacking and attacking the flanks where the Russians are at. The Russians are retreating, and the Wagner Group is fearful they may be surrounded. So they're starting to withdraw. So Ukraine is already starting to take back ground. As I said, strategically, there's no great value in controlling that ground. What Ukraine is obviously doing is turning the whole campaign into a Russian killing campaign. The Russians have suffered horrendous losses in, in that campaign, and the Ukrainians are happy to contain them, keep in that one area, and just kill Russians. The losses for Russia have been staggering this winter as a result of it. In recent days, because of my reporting, I've gotten a number of responses from people like, you're asking me, who are my sources? Where do I get my information from? And quite honestly, in times past, I've decided not to share that information. The idea is if you're intrigued by what I have to share, well, go do your own research. If you do your own research, you'll believe it rather than believing what I say. However, in recent days, a number of people have contacted me and said, Monty, please help us to understand your sources, where you get your information. How is it that you make the statements that you make? I'm a commentator. I'm not a news reporting source. I'm just taking news that's out there, giving comment on it, and particularly comparing it 
to the prophetic scenario. So let me very briefly, very quickly, just tell you, if you want to do some of the kinds of things I do, right now with a pen and paper, let me give you a quick list of sources I use on a regular basis. There's a website called watch.org that's held, that's owned by a, a gentleman by the name of Bill Koenig. He's a believer, and he posts every day news stories that he believes are the germane to the whole subject of our faith as evangelical believers. He also is very interested in the prophecy, so he pays attention to a lot of those things. I know Bill personally, and there's probably, uh, in his daily posting, there's probably 15 different news stories that are directly connected to the prophetic scenario, and they branch out into all kinds of other sources. I usually go to another site called Times of Israel. There's probably on a daily basis at least five to seven different stories that I think are worthy of being reviewed. You can then go to Eretz Sheva, which is a news source that is in Israel. Probably half a dozen good stories that you'll find there. The other news source is Haaretz, which is a news source in Israel. Probably, again, another five to six stories that are appropriate. The Jewish News Service, all of these you can find on the internet very easily, and they have a series of stories. The places I don't go to get my news from is the Jerusalem Post and the international news media, including all U.S. news media. All they do is put out stories two to three days after the actual event has taken place, and everything is based on their agenda and their ideology. They always slant the stories toward what they want the story to support. They're not actually just factually telling you what has happened. They're giving you a slant. These other news sources are not trying to slant the news. They are just trying to report things that have happened. So that's an initial starting point. Now, what I do is I review those almost on a daily basis, at least five days a week. I stay up on top of the news every day. I look at all the news, and I pay attention, and I track the news from day to day to see how the stories are developing. What I have discovered is you can have a basic event, and then about the second or third day that you have people talking about it, they're explaining it, they're giving additional information that the original story didn't have. I'm able to glean, because I'm constantly there with it, what I think is germane and what is appropriate to share with you. I don't share everything, but I share the things that I think would be of interest to you, things that are very pointed and deal with the prophetic scenario that we're all looking at at the end of the ages. Now, the other is, obviously, I'm comparing all of that to my understanding of the scriptures and the prophecies. I'll say more about that in just a moment, but let me tell you another thing that I bring which I think is what makes me a little bit unique in bringing the Messianic World update to you. And that is that I have a military background. I was in the United States Navy, active duty for 10 years. I worked 15 years in government contracting with the US military. And I have always been interested in those subjects. And since I left that career, I have still maintained and kept up through unclassified sources stories and understandings of our U.S. defense strategy and weapon systems of the world. And that's just a personal hobby of mine. I got into that, and as a military logistician, I keep up with it. 
So I have a background to explain all military aircraft in the world by all nations. I have a background to explain all ships and submarines that are not only the United States, but by other nations of the world. I understand the use of special forces, what the Army does, what the Marines do. I understand satellite technology and sensor arrays. I used to work in that stuff. I understand space warfare. I understand UAVs and knew about UAVs before you ever heard about them. I know about special weapons and the use of nuclear weapons. I know about the different yields of nuclear weapons. I understand how they're used tactically and strategically. Strategy and tactics is my hobby. In fact, for fun, I play strategy and tactic games. I use computer war games. I have fought World War II 25 times. I have fought major campaigns, historical as well as modern campaigns. I understand military strategy. So part of when I look at a news story and we hear a news story that involves military such as the IDF or Russian weapons or what the U.S. is doing in supplying equipment to Ukraine, I'm very familiar with all of that, including all the sensor technology, the intelligence mechanisms, and so forth. I'm an amateur. I'm not in that position. But I'm doing the same thing that a guy many years ago who wrote the book, The Hunt for Red October. I'm sure you're familiar with that. He was an insurance salesman from Ohio. And following commercially available unclassified sources, wrote this incredible strategic story about this Russian submarine defecting and coming to the United States. And when that book came out, the office where I worked, when that somebody would bring that book in the office, we had to stamp it secret and put it in the safe because it was full of classified information. The CIA and the FBI did an investigation on him, and he proved he could get all that information from unclassified sources. Well, that's what I do. I go to unclassified sources and pay attention, and I stay up to breast on all of this kind of stuff. Now, that's my military background matched with watching the news. Now, I have one more component, and that is my understanding of the scriptures. I've been studying end-time prophecy since the early 60s as a young man. I'm the guy in 1981 that wrote the computer program that projected Prince Charles of Wales' number of his name equals 666. I've been at this for a long time. And as I've matured, one of the things I've concentrated in my studies is I went back to study all of the prophecies about the first coming of the Messiah. Very few people do that. I went back to study them so I could learn how the prophecies work about the first coming of the Messiah so I could understand how the prophecies of the second coming work. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not what other people do. They go out and study the prophecies of the second coming. I wanted to learn how does the Bible work with Bible prophecies and once I was confident and understood how the prophecies spoke of his first coming, now I understand how they work toward his second coming. Same prophets, by the way, spoke on both issues. As a result of my studies in that, I have a detailed belief, very strong belief, and I 
prepared to support this with, with evidence, that I believe we are the last generation. If you believe you're the last generation, then you're going to pay much closer attention to the end time process. This is not a, a theory with me. I think these are things that are going to truly affect us. As a result, I have developed a whole nother kind of approach to end times where I see a pattern from the ancient exodus of Egypt is actually a prophecy of another exodus that will happen at the end of the ages with us, and we, we call that the greater exodus. I have studied all of the prophecies of the period of time called the Great Tribulation, and I have that as an extensive background. Now, going along with that, I'm a teacher of the Bible, and I have been teaching biblical law, the law of Moses, for 35 plus years, every Sabbath I teach it, plus all the other topics that I teach. I believe myself to be a watchman, you know, that the scripture talks about, men of insight in the last days watching for things, and I'm watching all the time. I'm not watching, you know, for a couple of years and then quitting. I've been doing this for a long time. As a result, when I look at the news, I'm looking at those things that harmonize with the end-time prophetic scenario or are directly related. And so when I come to you with all of these sources, not only the news, my military background, as well as my scriptural study background, I'm bringing you a kind of a final review to try to point out and share with you why this news item is, should be a particular note to us. How does it fit? And I don't necessarily go into all the detail every week, but I'm trying to keep you posted, paying attention to what's going on, because these are the days you do not want to ignore what is going on. You need to constantly watch. That's what the Messiah said in the end. This is not a time to fall asleep. This is not a time to not be paying attention. This is a time you need to be considering we may be coming to the end of the ages here, and the Lord may be coming back very soon. So those are my sources, and I'll be happy to share any of them with you. I try to come to you each week, and I'm just gleaning and pulling down the most pertinent stories that I think are there. If you want to go and do your own study like me, have at it. If you want to confirm what I've said, you may do so on your, at your pleasure. And I'm not going to come every story and give you what is the source of it, because quite honestly, I have a multitude of sources that are with each story that are presented to you. Honestly, I'm not trying to make a big name out of myself. I'm just sharing with you as honestly I can the information that we're all watching, and I've been doing it for a while. Shalom to all of you, and I trust you'll have a great Sabbath and a great Feast of Weeks this weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, everyone, who listens to our podcast here at Line of Land Ministries. I want to remind you, you can get our podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, and wherever you like to download your podcasts. Thank you for being a part of our program and listening to what we have to say.